It's Wednesday, April 20th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about the fight for and against traveler mask mandates, Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter, the next stage of the Russia-Ukraine war, and also student loan forgiveness. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. On Monday, a judge in Florida ruled that mask mandates for travel was unlawful. This prompted several airlines, trains, and transit systems, and even Uber and Lyft, to lift the enforcement of mask wearing. But yesterday, the Justice Department announced that it will appeal the ruling and is now waiting for a decision from the CDC on whether or not mask mandates for travelers is still required for public health. Passengers will continue to have the option to go maskless until that decision is in. The CDC's mandates for travelers has been in place for over two years. During that time, particularly airline workers, have expressed exhaustion from rowdy travelers trying to bypass the policy. Some say that the CDC could reenact the mandate, maybe not as a response to current conditions, but possibly as a way of leaving the door open for future enforcements. Elon Musk is quickly trying to secure funding for his bid to buy Twitter for $43 billion. Elon Musk is the largest individual shareholder of the company, owning more than 9%. And a few weeks ago, the Twitter CEO invited him to join the company's board, but Elon declined and is now instead looking to take over the platform. In response, the board has unleashed a defense mechanism known as the poison pill. This corporate strategy is used to try to prevent a corporate takeover such as this. What it does is flood the market with a new stock at a discounted price that all shareholders, except for Musk, could buy, which would decrease the value of his stake and make purchasing the whole thing much more expensive. They're claiming to utilize the poison pill should Elon purchase more than 15% of the company. The board is also supposedly considering other potential buyers as well, including two equity firms. The concern with Elon taking over seems to have to do with his stance on making Twitter more transparent and ideologically inclusive. He's been a vocal critic over the platform's content moderation over the years, and some connected to the company don't like the idea of it opening up. Here's Elon discussing his bid. I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, (laughs) so, uh, yeah. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, um, so uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and you know, so I, one of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes. Uh, to people's tweets, you know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind-the-scenes um, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. 
The Russian foreign minister announced yesterday that Russia is now beginning the next stage in its invasion of Ukraine. This next phase is focused on the eastern side of the country, where Russian forces have convened after efforts to take over the capital in the north largely failed. It's said that Russian forces have amassed more troops, and also on the east are pro-Russian groups that presumably will continue to contribute to the offensive. Ukrainian President Zelensky is continuing to ask for more weapons and equipment from countries around the world, and many are sending resources, but NATO members are still trying to balance helping Ukraine and also not inciting further escalations from Russia. Should President Putin decide to take any actions towards any NATO member nation, then that would spark a much wider conflict. Yesterday, the Biden administration announced a few updates to student loan programs that will add relief to possibly millions of borrowers. The updates essentially break down to two changes. The first has to do with income-driven repayment plans. These repayment plans cap payments to a percentage of the borrower's income, and then the balance will be forgiven after 20 or 25 years of payments. These plans are for lower-income participants. The issue is that decades of miscommunication between the education department, loan providers, and borrowers have made these programs difficult to navigate, causing the wrongful denial of many who are actually eligible. Government audits and also an NPR investigation found inconsistencies in not just program communications, but also in payment tracking and records. To address these issues, the administration announced that any month in which borrowers made payments will retroactively go towards forgiveness, even if they were not enrolled in the income-driven plan. The second update is the Education Department's attempt at addressing the issue that was called forbearance steering. Forbearance is when a borrower pays lower payments or has their payment schedule paused for a period of time. While this might provide some relief on immediate payments, the loan still accrues interest. So regarding student loans, the department has accused some loan providers of steering borrowers towards forbearance unnecessarily by not telling them about other options. So now the education department will conduct a one-time adjustment for federal student loan borrowers and also increase oversight into providers' use of forbearance. It's fair to note that loan services have denied the accusations, claiming that this is just an attempt at shifting the focus from the government's contribution to the student loan crisis. The department expects these updates to bring relief to millions of federal student loan borrowers. Around 43 million Americans currently hold an outstanding student loan, which together exceeds $1.7 trillion in debt. It's Wednesday, April 20th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode and leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you. So if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at the news diet dot com.